Oh, Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with Dave Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of January, 2024, and we are going to run through some week 17 NFL football in episode number 12 of our NFL podcast. We're going to run through the best of the best for week 17, and as always, there's plenty of that to get through. We'll get through our time to take out the trash, and Philly, yikes. We'll also hit on some question time for the past week, where plenty to talk about, especially draft-related questions to go through. A couple of big, big college football games were played over the weekend, and potentially some of those quarterbacks who could be going early in the draft coming up in a few months. Uh, and then we're also going to hit on our best bets for week 18. To be honest with you, one of my favorite weeks of the year to bet on in the NFL with a lot of player outs and, and movements and you know, games that need to be decided by X amount of points. And It's a fun one. Uh, we went 2-1 t- in our best bets over the weekend. Reels continue to be a bit of an issue, but it's just combos, Dave. It's just combos. <laughs> so why don't we st- we'll hit on that a little bit later. Why don't we start with our best of the best? for week 17 and how can we not start once again with joe flacco and the cleveland browns punching their ticket to the nfl playoffs dog pound get barking (laughs) joe flacco 19 of 29 for 309 yards three touchdowns he's turned david and joku into one of the best tight ends in the league and how this took for Joe Flacco just to, I don't know, be brought in off the streets to show us how good David Njoku is, it's it's incredible, it really is, because they did this all without Amari Cooper, and Njoku went for 134 yards on six receptions, he was enormous in the first half, absolutely enormous, deserved a touchdown, and a 37-20 to 20 victory against the New York Jets, I know the Jets are bad, but one good thing about the Jets is that their secondary has been extremely solid and Joe Flacco just completely lit him up he really did super impressive by them you'd think that they're going to be resting this weekend as well given that they can't move up can't move down there's no point getting Joe or Njoku or Amari Cooper or anyone like that hurt Miles Garrett on the other side of the ball put him in cotton wool get him ready to go for a likely matchup against the Jacksonville Jags as long as they can beat Tennessee. But, yeah, that AFC South is still to be decided. But, yeah, they're, they're locked into the playoffs, the Browns. I think a lot of people would have been, I guess, putting a line through them as soon as as soon as soon Deshaun Watson went down injured. But Sleepy Joe has got it done for him and uh, probably be favourites the first week of the playoffs, even on the road. It's, it's super impressive. So well played to the dog pound. Speaking of absolute dogs... A team that locked up the number one seed in the AFC. And I don't think a lot of people saw this one coming at the start of the year. But Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, a man who is about to win his second MVP. Still not a quarterback, anyone? Not quarterbacky enough for you? <laughs> well, 18 of 21 for 321 yards, five touchdowns, as well as 35 rushing yards on the ground in a dominant 56-19 victory against the Miami Dolphins. They completely torched them. This game was for the number one seed in the AFC. And it was never close. It really wasn't. Lamar's just been balling. And, you know, if you look at their receivers, they've got, you know, Zay Flowers, a very good rookie rookie receiver, you know, brought in OBJ, 
And as soon as I think Mark Andrews went down, I think a lot of people were concerned, myself included. I'll put my hand up to that. But Lamar has just completely controlled the way this team has gone along. Isaiah likely has come in and has almost been better than Mark Andrews, to be honest, which is hard to do. And there was plenty of chat that Andrews could be back late in the playoffs. They may not even need him the way that Likely is playing. But, I mean, if, if you bring him back, let's talk AFC title game territory. Wow. Gives them another brilliant weapon. And they now play on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers need a win to make the playoffs. Lamar likely to rest. No pun intended with Isaiah there. <laughs> He's likely to rest, but... The only thing is with resting Lamar Jackson in this contest is that they've already got the week off coming into the playoffs now with with locking up that number one seed. So if you rest him in this game, you rest. obviously they get the rest of the week one off. He now wouldn't play a, a footy game for three weeks going into week two of the playoffs. So there could be a little bit of rust going on there. So it wouldn't surprise me if Lamar plays at the very least maybe the first half in this contest against Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a heated rivalry. Yes, you don't want to get him hurt, but you also don't want to, I don't know, cause a whole lot of rust come into week two. We saw what happened with this last time. Tennessee came in and, and beat him in week two of the playoffs at home. I think he may play. I think he plays at the very least the first half, and you probably still give yourself a chance to win that game and eliminate uh, a bit of rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers with Tyler Huntley because he's capable of getting a win there. He really is. So th- this team is extremely, extremely well drilled and we've also seen what they're like in the preseason with the fact that they just win with no matter who plays. So I wouldn't be super confident if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers in just walking into Baltimore and expecting a win even if they play their backups. They're just a tough football team. They really are. Super impressive season, Lamar Jackson. Congrats on winning your second MVP because it is locked in. As we know, it's a quarterback award. Still think McCaffrey is the best player in the league, but at the end of the day, Lamar has given this team the best overall record in the league. So, yeah, you probably got to give it to him on this occasion. So, well done there. Well done. Huge, huge season for them. Speaking of elite quarterback play, guys who have some wheels about him and... Probably one of the best teams in footy right about now, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Talk is getting louder about that number one pick. 20 of 32 for 268, one touchdown, as well as 45 rushing yards for another touchdown, and a 37 to 17 just shellacking of the Atlanta Falcons. The crowd and this team, like we've mentioned last week in the locker room, they are all behind Justin Fields. They really are. And he's come out and also said this week that, you know, no matter what happens, it's been a special, special run. And since he came back in week 11, they've gone 4-2. and two. They probably should be 6-0. and Because if you look at the two games they lost, they collapsed late against the Detroit Lions in Detroit and then somewhat collapsed late as well against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, 20-17. to 17. So they should be 6-0 and in this run with Fields as soon as he's come back from injury and they'd be in the playoffs. They obviously still have an extremely outside chance of making it now, but they have a chance to finish 8-9, and nine, so I don't think you want to be giving up on this kid. I, I, I don't think you do. As good as Caleb Williams is, I don't think you want to give up on Justin Fields now that he has got this rapport with, I guess, all his teammates, especially DJ Moore, who went you know nine receptions for 159. 
like I said, the team and the crowd are behind him, but is the front office. Ryan Poles has an extremely, extremely tough decision to make. I'd stick with Fields. I would. I'd get him some pieces. You know, you're a chance of potentially trading back in the draft. You could pick up, you know, Marvin Harrison, and you get two elite receivers. We'll talk about that a little later with question time. But huge ups to this guy. It's super impressive because he could have folded. He really could have yeah, under the pressure of what was going down this year, but he hasn't. And now he has a chance this week in Green Bay to end their season just like Detroit did last year. And given how Green Bay have just completely owned the Chicago Bears in the Aaron Rodgers era, obviously Green Bay won week one. If Justin Fields wins this game for the Bears and knocks the Packers out of the playoff race, it's hard to see them going away from this kid it really is yeah super 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 impressive last six seven weeks from the chicago bears and justin fields speaking of impressive jimmy connor and the arizona cardinals ran all over a once prestigious philadelphia rush defense he ran for 128 and one TD, as well as having one receiving touchdown in a 35-31 to victory at Philadelphia. Kyle Murray, since he's come back, he's been playing some playing some good footy. They've competed hard as well for a team who has the record that they have. Even with, with Murray missing a lot of games, you know, they were competitive with Josh Dobbs. And Murray threw for 232 and three tutters. He also had 24 rushing yards as well. And maybe it gives... This Arizona team, a little bit of confidence that Kyler can go on a little bit of a run if they just get healthy. You know, you keep him along with James Conner. You have the fourth pick right now in the NFL draft. You're a chance of landing Marvin Harrison Jr., depending what the Bears do, if they don't, you know, trade back to try and get him. Because you'd like to think that with the draft at the moment, you're going three quarterbacks, one, two, three. So... There's going to be a piece there. You could also shore up your offensive line to help out Kyler, protect him. And, man, this receiving corp in the draft is super, super deep. So, you're, you know, if you miss out on, on Marvin Harrison, you've, you've got a chance to get one late first round or early second. So, yeah, positive signs for Arizona in a year that has been, you know, a bit of a roller coaster ride given the injuries that they've had. But a super, super positive win an upset win of the Philadelphia Eagles, which, yeah, that team is, yeah, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. They could definitely feature in our trash for the week. <laughs> Last but not least, and we can't not mention the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph didn't throw for a touchdown, but he looked after the pill. 18-24 for 274. They ran all over. Speaking of poor rush defenses right now, they ran all over Seattle. Najee Harris... Probably his best game in a Steelers uniform. 122 rushing yards for two touchdowns. Jimmy Warren, 75 rushing yards for another touchdown of his own. Massive 30-23 victory in Seattle. They still need results to go their way to make the playoffs. But the fact that they're 9-7 is actually insane. Especially when Kenny Pickett went down, you would have thought, all right, line through them. They've been bad enough as it is with him. But Mason Rudolph's come in and... I don't know, it's a bit of a Christmas miracle, I guess, with, with Mr. Rudolph that they're, that they're winning games and they're a chance to finish 10-7 and 7 and miss the playoffs. But yeah, it's a, a massive matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Like we said, division rivalry. I wouldn't be super confident about this team, even though they are favoured to beat the Ravens, just given how good the Ravens' backups are. But the fact that Pittsburgh are in this position may just show 
how much the team just plays super hard for Mike Tomlin. I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of the first guys to say that, you know, he should be gone. They're a mediocre team that's going to finish 9-8 or 10-7 and 7 again. The guy just doesn't have losing records. It's, it's crazy. But their defense is obviously still extremely solid with TJ Watt as well, which gives them every chance of winning games. So as a Steelers fan, if I know there's plenty of them out there, one very good friend of mine in particular, you'd have to be pretty chuffed at the way that your team has battled to, to finish the season with a couple of big wins, you know, against the Cincinnati Bengals and now against the Seahawks and gives them a chance to make the playoffs once again. And without knowing who's going to be that two seed, we'll mention that a little bit later, but they're every chance of potentially causing an upset just given how hard they play. So well played to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why don't we take out some trash now that that is our best of the best done for week 17? All right, we got a little bit of a trash pole this week. Uh, we're going to start with a team who made the Super Bowl last year. Boy, oh boy, they have gone completely backwards. They really have. The Philadelphia Eagles, their defense is horrific right about now. They've lost four of their last five, given up 31 points a game in their last five games. Uh, just getting run all over. And, you know, at the start of the season, this defense was especially more so defensive line, was, was lights out. They weren't letting anyone run on them. And now they're just getting eaten alive on the ground. Their secondary can't stop anyone. I thought with the addition of Kevin Byard it would have helped, but it, it clearly hasn't. And on a as a possession standpoint, Jalen Hurts just isn't throwing the ball down the field. He's not. They're very, very run heavy. I think you saw they called a screen pass then went, QB QB draw on the third and twenty. It's just it's a lot of negative footy is being played right now by the Philadelphia Eagles, and they come up against the New York Giants this week in New York to finish the season. You'd like to think that Dallas are going to handle their business in Washington, so Philly have every chance of potentially resting uh, at the very least in the second half, and you know they'll draw the winner of the NFC South, which is. You'd like to think so pretty much a first-round buy, but I don't know. The, the confidence of this Philly team is probably at an all-time low right about now, and A.J. Brown looks extremely frustrated with what's going on on the sideline, especially, you know, last year. They were lights out offensively. They really were. Torching everyone downfield. A.J. Brown looked like the number one receiver in the league, and now you wouldn't even know that he, that he plays for Philly right about now. It's bad. It is really, really bad, and uh, you can't... You can almost put a line through them and win the Super Bowl because even if they get through, depending on results in the first week, you're probably looking at them playing the Niners come week two, and good luck with that because they kicked your ass at home and they will kick your ass in San Fran as well. So, yeah, changes need to be made, I think, next season for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they need to shore up that defense fast and get back to being that explosive offense because if you're going to give up points, you may as well... Get back to doing what you were doing last year. Should. Anyway, that's Philly done and dusted. Let's go to something I've said for many, many years now, that the NFL is the worst officiated sport in the world. And it is. The officials in the Dallas-Detroit game, Detroit got screwed. It's as simple as that. They did. Brad Allen wasn't even looking at Taylor Decker when he was trying to say that he was an eligible, eligible receiver. 
And a call like that just cost Detroit the two seed. It makes things incredibly difficult now for Detroit because now you're looking at them running into the Rams in week one of the playoffs and the Rams are playing some very, very good footy right now. I think we all know the history of, of Matty Stafford in Detroit coming up against the Lions now back there. But, you know, you would have been looking at them coming up against uh, potentially New Orleans in week one of the playoffs rather than playing the Rams. I mean, you're taking that every day of the week. But going away from week one, if they were to win that, then you then host a week two playoff game. Now you're not going to because Dallas will probably win week one of the playoffs and you're going to have to go back to Dallas to beat them to go on to play more than likely the San Francisco 49ers. So, but the biggest issue of the officials getting this call wrong, and they get a lot of calls wrong, said it for years, that they need to get full-time officials in. It's a league that makes so much money and still not paying their officials properly. These officials all should have been dropped. They should have. At the very least for a week, it's like you completely screwed it up take a week off, or be gifted New England versus the Jets this week. It's probably the worst game of the week. Give them that as a punishment if you you need them around. But no, they've been given Pittsburgh-Baltimore, a game that means something this week. Like, Pittsburgh need to win to make the playoffs. That officiating crew should have been given nothing. You've got to punish them. Maybe the NFL just sees it that officials just continue to get calls wrong week in and week out, and they don't care, but... You've got to do something about that. It's it's trash. It is. It is. Yeah, that's the officials rant done for week 17. We'll, uh, we'll probably get back to it in week 18. <laughs> uh, last but not least in our trash pile is the Minnesota Vikings. What an absolute complete egg lay that was at home. I have no idea why Jaron Hall was given the job as a starting quarterback in a game that they had to win to make the playoffs. I understand that Nick Mullins turned the ball over a fair bit in the last couple of weeks, but he also gave him two opportunities to win, both at Cincinnati and then against the Detroit Lions. Like, he threw the absolute air out of it, and he did, and especially now that you had Justin Jefferson back, you've you've given him another weapon to, to throw the ball at, but no, they started Jaron Hall, and he was awful. In the first half, he really was. They eventually went to Mullins, but it was far too late. Just average. It really was. You know, I, I, I like the Vikings, especially at home, and how hard they have played for Brian Flores in their defense, but Jordan Love just lit them up. He did, like, with no receivers, really. They had no Christian Watson and made Jalen Reed look like he was one of the best wide receivers in the league. It was, it was a tough watch. It really was, and it puts a line through the Vikings for the year, and maybe it keeps Kirk Cousins' job safe, just given that the fact that they've gone through three or four quarterbacks without him since he's been out injured, and none of them have done a job. Maybe you have to pay Kirk. I know he's old. Or do you go through the draft and, and try and find a, a young fella to go through? But at the end of the day, you've got one of the best wide receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson, and you need to give him someone to get him the ball. They didn't do that. They didn't do that on primetime footy. It's an extremely disappointing result for the Vikings. You know, you know, you think about it a month ago, they were competing for a division title and now they're gone. So, yeah, pretty average. Pretty average. Anyway, that's our trash done for the week. Why don't we go slide in through to our DMs at Trash Talk with D-Bork on Instagram and TikTok. We had a couple this week and 
both NFL draft related questions. So why don't we start with at D. What do we got, Mr. Dylan? G'day, D. Bork. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Agree with your call on blowing up the charges. What are your thoughts on Chicago trading the first overall pick to them for Justin Herbert? Charges ease cap pain by paying a rookie, and Chicago gets their QB of the future in place of Fields. Why is everyone in place of <laughs> trading away Justin Fields? It's rough. It is. Look, it's not the worst play. It really isn't. I think Justin Herbert, I'd have Justin Herbert ahead of Justin Fields. I would. But I think from what I've seen over the last, I don't know, five, six weeks out of Fields, and if they win in Green Bay, it gives him so much more ammunition for them to say, all right, maybe we have a guy. He's healthy. We've given him a piece with DJ Moore. He could be the guy. On the other hand, you get a guy with a better arm who also has legs in Justin Herbert. He's still super young. He's not a rookie who's going to struggle like Caleb Williams. is probably going to take a couple of years to get going. Obviously, CJ Stroud's gone off this year in his rookie year, but not every rookie's going to do that. And we've seen in Caleb this year at USC that they've lost a lot of games. They have. He's played well, but not well enough to make the playoffs or win the conference. So as great and as a generational quarterback that Caleb Williams is, I think this isn't the worst play. So if you, you know, you trade Justin for the number one pick, you get him, you'd still obviously have fields on the books. Yeah, that's so tough. It really is. You could then move fields on for a second or third round pick and potentially find some receivers to go along with Justin Herbert as your guy. Personally, if Chicago don't want him, I would love to see Fields in Atlanta because I really feel like him and him in that Bijan backfield would be awesome. But in my opinion, I'm holding on to Fields. But I, yeah, I think that the Chargers are definitely in place to to make a move. They're currently the sixth pick on the board. If Chicago isn't enticed by that, you know you've obviously still got Drake May and Jaden Daniels that you could move up for in place of Fields, given that ammo with the six pick as well. Yeah, there's a play, there's a potential play to be made there. Whether or not it's it's Herbert being the guy to move on, again, they haven't done anything with him. They you know made the playoffs but completely choked against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not like you're winning a Super Bowl with him. So it might not be the worst play to, to completely blow it up and go after Caleb Williams or Drake May to replace them with Justin Fields and just start all over. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That really, really is. It's a good question. NFL draft time is going to be exciting, that's for sure. All right, uh, at spray underscore on underscore tan. Another long-time listener, first-time caller. G'day, D. Bork, long-time listener, first-time questionnaire. Big fan of the podcast from the St. George area. My question is, what do the Giants do with their first-round pick? Do they draft a quarterback like Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. And, and let them sit behind Danny Dimes for a season? We've invested so much in DJ, we'll probably have to play him for at least another season. I think if you're taking a quarterback that early, you are moving on from Dimes. I think you just got to cut your losses at the end of the day. 
they may not be in a position to get the likes of Jaden Daniels because I think he goes third. There's every chance with Washington currently in that third pick that they snap him up. The Giants would obviously have to move up to, to get him. But if you're going to stick with Danny Dimes, then I think you're drafting someone in that offensive line to protect him because he was getting eaten alive this year. He really was. I know how much of a big Giants fan you are. He was getting destroyed. He really was. And he's a he's a mobile quarterback too. So I think protection is the number one priority right now for the Giants. And if Penix is still around late first round, early second round, then yeah, then you can see the Giants making a play for him or Bo Nix because obviously DeVito's had his run, Thami, as as the guy in New York and you know Tyra Taylor's a, a journeyman who's, who's playing some good footy right now for them too. But you're going to need a solid backup especially if Dimes doesn't play well next season as well, then you're definitely cutting your losses with him. So I think they're going to be going after a Knicks or a Penix in the late first round, early second round, if available. It really will depend. I mean, if Penix ends up winning a Natty, there's every chance that he sneaks into that mid-first round. You could see someone taking a stab at him because he's balling right now. It really is. He was super impressive against Texas. But, yeah, I think the Giants go offensive line, and then we'll look at a quarterback late first round, early second round for them. Just given, like you said, what they've invested in Danny Dimes, how much money they're paying him, awful contract. <laughs> it really is, but yeah, they'll, they'll go after, they'll go after, yeah, I think it's Panics, Knicks, or like Ewers, I don't know, I didn't see enough out of Ewers to, to think that he could be a guy in the NFL, he might actually go back to college, but yeah, you're not going to be in a position to get Jaden Daniels just because his draft stock is skyrocketing right now. He could almost go ahead of Drake, man. So, yeah, I think that's the play for the Giants. Get yourself some offensive line help. Get him a receiver. And then, yeah, if those guys are available, you you make a play at them in late late first round, early second, so you're not giving away too much to to get them, especially given that Penix and Bonix are both, you know, 24, I believe now, so they're not super young. So if you sit, if they sit behind for a year, then they're pretty much almost ready to go by the time they turn 25. So, yeah, that's the play for the Giants. But good, good luck to them either way. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. What <laughs> time? Let's hit on our best bets for Week 18. Like we said, this is always a fun week, so we'll see what we can find. Show me the money! All right, so. Week 17, 2 and 1 best bets, which takes us to 14 and 15 on the season. Our reels, Friday reel hit. I think Thursday night football has been very, very profitable of late. Uh, unfortunately, the rest lost out, so we went 1 and 4 there, which takes us to 12 and 26, like we mentioned. It's all a combos thing. Demario Douglas costing us on New Year's Day. Probably had his worst game of the season. Bailey Zappi was too busy throwing balls to the opponent in Buffalo. And Dallas-Detroit, the one losing best bet, they left a lot of points on the board. They really did, and especially with C.D. Lamb fumbling it out of the end zone. He scores there. The game flows. He doesn't. Whatever. It is what it is. Probably more filthy about Detroit getting robbed by our officials, like we mentioned before. we got three best bets for Week 18. There is bound to be a whole lot more, so keep an eye out on socials at Trash Talk with D-Bork on Instagram and TikTok for all those, as always. Let's start with our first. We have taken the Houston Texans on the money line at the Indianapolis Colts. 
and get a dollar eighty-five or minus one fifteen about that one. I just love what CJ Stroud offers for this team, and yeah, it's winning in for for both teams right now. In years past, Houston have just been completely destroyed on the ground, which. You know, you think about it two or three years ago, a game against Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's probably running for 150 in this one and a couple of touchdowns. But this season, D'Amico Ryans has really, really shored up that D-line. And I think if Indy can't get a run game going, relying on Gardner Minshew to get you to the playoffs, I don't know. I know it's going to be loud in Indy. It really will. But this just feels like a, a storybook season for, for CJ Stroud as a rookie. And, and they deserve to make the playoffs. They really do. They've, they've played some very good footy. I don't think many people would have seen them at 9-7 and seven going into the season. Indy, you, you probably could have seen thereabouts. But, you know, with the Houston Texans, they've been super, super good this year. I think Dalton Schultz has himself a day. Nico Collins. So, yeah, we'll be on the Texans to get this done on Sunday primetime footy. Next play will go with the New York Giants plus five against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mentioned before, Philly have been diabolical in four of their last five. They're also bad against the Giants a few weeks ago in Philly. And with the chance that this Eagles team will rest, especially in the second half, the Giants are every chance of winning this game outright. Philly can't move down with a loss, so they're somewhat locked into that five spot. And I think at the end of the day, they want to remain healthy for the first week of the playoffs. So if they lose this game, and obviously Dallas are up 20-odd against Washington, you're going to see Hurts come out, Mariota will come in. It's going to be a lot of handoffs, just get through the game, no injuries, and they'll move on to week one of the playoffs. So, yeah, I think the Giants can get a signature win in their last week of the season. Um, Tyrod's been playing some good footy. I think that if this was DeVito, you're probably going the other way, but Tyrod can dime out against an extremely poor secondary. So we'll take the Giants plus five. And last but not least, how can we not keep riding the Chicago Bears plus three at Green Bay? Green Bay were in this situation last year as a win and in against another division rival in the Detroit Lions. Detroit, we've seen what's happened to them this year, right? They took that win, just missed the playoffs last year and have elevated themselves into a, into a three seed in the NFC East. Should be two seed. Chicago will do exactly the same thing. Win this game in Green Bay, initially eliminating the Green Bay Packers from the run. I know they've owned them for years. Doesn't matter. Justin Fields is playing some incredible, incredible footy. Take them plus three. Take them on the money line. Do whatever you got to do. Fields will end this decades of dominance that Green Bay have had over the Bears. And the Bears elevate themselves into next year, into the playoffs, hopefully keeping Justin Fields. But we'll see what they do in the NFL draft. Like we said, as always, keep your eye on socials for more best bets, more content at Trash Talk with Debork there on Insta and TikTok. It's going to be a fun week 18. There's so much at stake for a lot of teams. It's fantasy football is over. We won't mention that. <laughs> But yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be some good footy to watch. We'll catch up again next week to preview the NFL playoffs week one. I hope everyone enjoys their first weekend of 2024. This has been Trash Talk with d I am out.